Welcome to Food and Loathing, where we know that low and slow are more than just adjectives that can be used to describe this host's IQ and mental state. (laughs) I'm your host, Al Mancini, a man who is usually at my lowest and slowest during the early morning hours, but have no fear. We are recording this in the morning, but I think I've located some caffeine. Yeah, yeah maybe. Figure out a way it's to soda, snort so this I'm sure stuff. there's caffeine in this. It's got to be, right? I went to get um <laughs> I went to get some coke, but we're we're here by the way recording as I'll tell you in a moment at um Big B's Texas Barbecue at their Fort Apache location. And man, these guys have like the great the the soda machine where you can just pick any kind of soda. Yeah. It's sort of like the um it's like the internet of soda <laughs> yeah. machines, right? It's like the internet jukebox uh, to soda machines. And I'm like, "Oh, look, they've got Fanta orange. I like that. Oh, they have Barks vanilla cream." <laughs> Oh man, Fanta Orange and Barks Vanilla Cream. If only right. I had a little vodka, this would be the way to go. But I'm mixing it all up, but I don't know. I'm realizing I have no idea whether Fanta or Barks actually use caffeine. Yeah, so I don't know we'll anymore. see. <laughs> and there's the mystery for today's show. Anyway, um, yes, so I'm your host, Al Mancini, longtime Las Vegas food journalist, creator of the Neon Feast app, um, and just a guy who likes to talk about food. And put with me today, pulling double duty once again as yeah. both a host and and the engineer is the creator of Wishbone and Vine, as well as OffTheStrip.com's culinary correspondent, Samantha Gemini Stevens. How are you today, Gemini? I am well. I am. I am also running off of. I had caffeine at home, and now I'm I have say you got this one of those vi- vitamin waters that's supposedly full of like all kinds of stuff that's good for you to get you going in the morning. Electrolytes. So. It's the Rise Orange. Yeah. Flavor. So we're both doing orange. <laughs> I like it. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing may rhyme with orange, but we've got it covered on the beverage front. As I mentioned, we're coming to you from Big B's Texas Barbecue. Um, this particular location being located at Fort Apache Road, just south of Patrick Lane in the southwest Las Vegas Valley. And I love this place. I love our host, um, Natalia and Brian. Guys, welcome to join us here. I, I love coming in here. I love the smell, just walking through the doors. It's, um, you know, you could smell the wood. You could smell the smoke. That's always, for me, mm. the mark of a good barbecue place is if you arrive early in the morning, you know the minute you arrive in the parking lot that you've arrived at a barbecue place. <laughs> And I think over the years, that's gone kind of down as, I guess, ventilation systems have improved, right? So it's not so much that. I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, pick it up miles away like I used to, but but, man, it smells so good in here today. It just smells fucking awesome. So um, yes, we're very excited to be here. Yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you guys for sitting with us. Again, we are here with Brian Beekner and Natalia Baggio. They are the owners of Big Bees. We're going to get more in-depth in a few minutes. But first, let's start, start with thanks for having us and sitting down with us today. How are you? Great, great. Good morning, guys. Thank you for coming in so early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell Natalia just got out of bed. You can tell that Natalia is less of a morning person than I am. because That's because in your other life, you are also a nightclub person, right? You're a VIP host at, at the Win. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, at the Win Las Vegas Club. So you must have just like gotten home in time to do this thing, right? <laughs> well, not quite, but yeah, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> cool. Oh, my gosh. So if I ever need to arrange, if I'm ever at a Win Club and I ever need to arrange, range for like bottles of champagne to spend a lot of money to spray on people you'd be the person that i want to talk to right yes all right right. cool good to have having that (laughs) oh god um well as you may know we always start off our shows trying to talk about where we've been dining recently um you know they're not formal reviews it's just really a way for us to tell people what's going on here in las vegas restaurants um you know i want to give a glimpse into how those of us who kind of live and breathe the las vegas restaurant scene eat when we're out and about. So I want to ask you guys, as restaurateurs, do you get out to restaurants very often? And if so, where have you been recently? That's good. I'll tell you, honestly, I want to stay home and cook. I love it. But she does love to eat out. So I don't yeah. know what, what the last um, place Yeah, we the last place we've been to was La Nera, uh, actually at uh, downtown Summerlin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Love that place. As We're well. actually going there tonight. Yeah. yeah, I love La Neta. Yes. Um, yeah, we um, well, like Brian said, he enjoys to cook at home, and um, you know, we've been together for almost twenty years, and I probably cooked about five times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she used the microwave last night. Come not uh, not because I don't know how to, it's just because he really enjoys to. I don't really, so um, I definitely give him an opportunity to cook when uh, when there is a 
a chance to, but I do like to uh, go out and uh, try new places, especially um, in, in this town. There is a lot of different options and um, trying something uh, cool and different and new is always uh, uh, exciting. Uh, so La Nera was the last place we've the been Italian to. Italian place too. What's that? Then uh, La Strega is also in this really area. Good. We love, love that. Place. Um, really good. Uh, yeah. Chef Gina Marinelli oh, in La yeah. Strega is fantastic. Good Italian. A lot of seafood yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know what you guys did when you were there, but T Bones yeah. is a big. I'm a big lover. T Bones. T Bones yeah. at at Red Rock yeah. Resort. Yes, excellent place. They just added Kobe beef to their menu. Oh, the yeah. real stuff. Wow. So, yeah, they became I believe the 11th restaurant in Las Vegas to get the actual certified Kobe from the pre picture where Co the city of Kobe is located wow. and you know they I guess they go in they check they make sure the cows are living good so next time you're there if you I'm, I'm not a Kobe fan I'm really not an A5 it's, wagon it's fan fat, it's fatty yeah it's, it's way fatty, too fatty yeah. for me but um but yeah, you'll be happy me. to know that that's there yeah I'll have to try that tomorrow to there you go. $140 an ounce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. You know, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember what are the prices these days. They usually tend to be, depending on where you go, maybe between 40 and 60, 40 yeah, and probably. 70. Um, most places, Strip's probably going to be, Strip may have places that yeah. are more expensive. Especially if you're at a place that can cut it to order, it's probably a lot easier. And you're not going to eat. Yeah. It's so fatty. It's so rich. Yeah, you're, you're only going to eat so much yeah, anyway. Four or five ounces. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like to order like maybe say four ounces if I can, yeah. um, kind of thin to start yep. off the meal. I like if you could do it where you can cook it on like a hot rock or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh, just sear just it up. Sear on it. Share it with other people at my table. The problem is we always get, and I don't know why we're suddenly talking about COVID, but that's me. <laughs> I hijack the conversation. But, you know, whenever somebody invites us for a tasting to a steakhouse, um, and Sue's the steak eater in the family, my wife, um, they they always bring out every steak that they have basically right, <laughs> and then it's always like the Kobe that they bring out last. Yeah. And you know, oh, Sue yeah. just wants like a decent New York strip, like regular. She like wants a little bit of chewing her yeah. meat and all that kind of stuff. And by the time we get to the Kobe, she's always like, I, I can't eat I this. Can't I just this. had too many steaks. <laughs> um, but yes, okay. Well, that, there was a side thing. But as for where we've eaten T Bones, um, what do you get when you go over there? Uh, go to Bone In Dry Age Twenty Eight Day Dry Age Flay. I'm and in. That's that's nice. that's my go-to, and the mac and cheese, and that, that I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything dry aged, and I'm a fan. So and Carrie Simon used to tell me it was crazy to dry age a fillet, but um, I said it's just because it doesn't have a lot of fat in it. Right, but, but it still really concentrates still good. the flavors. <laughs> it pulls some of that moisture yeah. out. Yeah, oh, so good. Melts in your mouth. It's so good. So yeah, good. I'm a dry aged beef fan myself. I did give me give me a nice grass fed dry aged mm. cut. Um, cut the fat out a little bit. Don't don't put me over the top on the fattiness, but. <laughs> Give it to somebody who really knows how to age their beef. And yes, that's what gets me. And I want my beef to be funky. Oh, now, yeah. I, now I think I'm going to have to go pick some up for tonight. <laughs> so, so I guess I'll go next to where we've been dining. Um, at 1228 Maine, I was there to speak, uh, to speak to Chef Dustin about brunch, a new brunch that they have happening. Before I did, though, I had some of their Napa Valley smoked salmon with dill creme fraiche salted cucumber and red onions on a potato latke. Oh, that is so good. Damn, it was good, man. <laughs> it was just, you, have you had that? I have had that there? one. <laughs> yeah, the salted cucumbers kind of threw me because I just thought I was eating pickles. Right, right. right. <laughs> but, okay, um, but that was cool. Then, yeah, fucking great dinner. And of course, um, you know, I left and I was sent home with some bread and some desserts. Oh, and of course. Um, those were really amazing, uh, but Let's talk first about before I get into that. Here's my interview with um, with Chef Dustin, who is the culinary director for Las Vegas for Wolfgang Puck, talking a bit about the new brunch that they're serving on weekends. You know, we've been open here for a few months now, and um, we got through summer, and we're excited to uh, to see the activation in downtown in the Arts District, and we decided to take our uh, our breakfast and lunch that we were doing. Um, throughout the week and kind of make it more of an experience for the weekend. So we've, we've added um, a full-service brunch to, to our offerings where um, you can come in, you can make reservations, you can, you can sit down. Um, we have a, waiting, uh, a full wait staff and, and service team here, a full bar to, to kind of elevate the experience from what you may be used to during the week, which is the you know, casual um, walk-up concept, to now being able to have full service so you can keep the, uh, the Bloody Marys coming, keep, uh, keep the coffee refilled. And, uh, and continue to add to your experience as the morning goes. So, so it's a change in the, the type and style of service as well as the menu. Um, the menu, we've, we've merged our, uh, our breakfast and lunch menu into an all-day menu. 
Um, we've added, um, you know, weekly specials to that as well too. So we have an insert menu that has uh, has some different different breakfast specials every week. Um, in, in addition to that, on the weekends we've got you know bottomless mimosas, um, bottomless draft beer, um, and, then, and then we've got you know our, our signature cocktails available as well too. So it just kind of creates um, you know where where before you'd, you'd come in, have your breakfast, sit, and kind of move on with your day. It allows you to to spend a little more time in the restaurant with with your family, with your friends, and then kind of have a longer uh, you know more drawn out experience. So, so um, give me some highlights. What's one or maybe two of your favorite dishes from the brunch menu? Um, we've got a, uh, a shakshuka, um, uh, a spicy Moroccan style or Tunisian style red pepper stew with uh, fried eggs on top, uh, served with our multi-seed toast. Um, we've got a smoked salmon latka um, with, with uh, house-made latka, thinly sliced smoked salmon, dill creme fraiche, and uh, pickled red onions. Um, we've got baked French toast. Um, we've got a French-style omelet with, uh, with cheddar cheese, served with, uh, with a nice uh, mixed green salad. Um, and then, of course, all of our, our pastries that, that we've become known for are uh, hand, handmade croissants, pan au chocolat. Um, all of our danishes uh, are available throughout brunch service as well. And so, Gemini, what I thought you'd find interesting there is the fact that they're um, they're calling this a full service brunch, and they're di- differentiating it from their normal weekday experience. Okay. So I know you have not always been happy with the level of service that right. you've gotten over there. So I, I'd be interested to see what your reaction is to this, and you know, maybe if this is just a way of them kind of like acknowledging that the the what they do during the week intentionally is just at a more cafeteria style yeah, order from the counter casual. than what you're looking for right. generally right yeah. and then then it becomes a question of whether it's the right restaurant for you as opposed to whether it's a restaurant that's not fucking doing what they right. should be doing right <laughs> and, and so there could be the difference that th- there could be your disconnect with this maybe. restaurant is maybe you're going in looking for something that ain't what they were planning to do to begin with but I'd be really interested if you're yeah, able I'm to get in there for brunch try it out. Um, maybe I'll even do it this weekend because Every time I've gone, it's gotten a little bit better. Something else has improved that I had issues with when they first opened up. So now if I get to go full service brunch and I can actually sit there and order what I need to order and maybe have a drink or something like that, yeah, I'd like to see what they can do with that. I'm really impressed. Cool. Um, I should also point out, as I said, I went home with bread because you can't leave there without bread. It's a waste of a trip. Bread (laughs) is so fucking good. Uh, They also sent me home with some desserts. I know the one was a Basque cheesecake and it was really, really good. The other one... And I was trying to figure it out because when he put them in the bag for me, I didn't pay that close attention. But I believe it was like a lemon and olive oil cake. Ooh. And it, I'll tell you, it blew my fucking mind <laughs> when I got home and had it. It makes me mad that I didn't take notes on what it was when he was packing up goodies for me to go. But um, mind-numbingly delicious. I mean, there I absolutely go. loved it. So anything that looks like it could be anywhere close to lemon and olive oil kind of cake, get it. Get Over it. there and okay. let me know what you think. That's what I'm saying. Um Opening night of football season, I went over to Tailgate Social. I've been doing a lot of research on sports mm-hmm. places. Um, my story for the Las Vegas Convention Authorities, Visitors Authority, um, their VisitLasVegas.com website should be going up shortly, cool. which is all about places where you can pregame, places where you can go during the game, places where you can go after the game, places where you can go if you don't have a ticket for the game, right? <laughs> they wanted to know about football. So I've been visiting all of these joints. I went into Tailgate Social, had a really, really great meal. The place was packed for opening night of football season, yeah. Thursday night. Uh, I don't know who the fuck was playing because I don't follow football, but um, <laughs> people were yelling and cheering and it was only one game on because it was a Thursday right. night game. Um, but it looks like this would be a great place to watch when there are 12 games it. on as well because there's there's screens everywhere. It was really cool. Um, I had buffalo wings there, which were a perfect fucking taste, but slathered in sauce to the point of like you could use a spoon and oh, you could scoop wow. up the sauce over it. And it makes me wonder, and maybe I've got restaurateurs here, so maybe, I don't know if my observation is right, but they offer wings there many different styles, sure. right? There's the buffalo and then the whatever, an Asian spice flavor, you know, whatever they have. And we ordered at Buffalo, and they, they say fried chicken wings, but I was expecting them to come back maybe more dry, where the seasoning had been kind of cooked into right. them, right? I'm wondering if the fact that it was all, all the flavor came in this 
sauce that was drenched on top might yeah. be because they cook them all the same the first and then add the flavor afterwards. I mean, like, if they offer a lot of flavor, yeah, possible. like yeah. that may be it. And because of that, you know, and but I'll tell you, it was the exact fucking perfect level of spiciness for me. It was the yeah. exact perfect level of buffalo wings that I remember growing up eating in Brooklyn. Well, maybe not growing up, but I remember law school in Brooklyn. There like, you this go. Took me back to that flavor profile. So they were really, really good. Um, we had excellent grilled fish tacos. We had a great salmon burger. Um, I skipped the pizza section, but I had to laugh out loud the name of one pizza, <laughs> which was the Spicy Abe from. Oh, yes. The Sausage King of Chicago, Sausage right? Sausage King of Chicago. I'm not even a Ferris Bueller's Day Off fan. <laughs> I never got into it the way my friends did, but that was always the deal when you didn't have a reservation at a restaurant. You tell them that you're Abe Froman, the That's Sausage right. King of Chicago. So their pizza there is the Spicy Abe Froman. It made me laugh out loud. Yes, that's the kind of geeky old man I'm turning into <laughs> laughing at dad jokes. Um, I had a slice of pizza at Moneyline over in Aria. I was there interviewing somebody. You'll hear about that later. And I haven't been in there really since it was 550 Pizza. Oh, yeah. John McLean's place. So now it's much more of a straight up slice shop. Okay. But I had a big, massive piece of pepperoni pizza. I actually didn't even finish it. Um, wow. I, it was expensive, I believe. I didn't, <laughs> I don't remember how much it was. <laughs> but it was, it was fucking good for New York style slice, you know, street slices. Yep. I dug that. So that's Moneyline at Aria. Just um, a shout out to the friend, my friends at St. Jude Children's Hospital. They had a great event, Viva St. Jude, and all the um, chefs from from Resorts World involved with the catering of that up on the rooftop, the Rose Rooftop at Resorts World. It's a great event space, and that was a lot of fun. Um, then I went to try the Casa Playa brunch. Casa more brunch. Yes, yes, more brunch. Man, I had a two-brunch weekend again this weekend, <laughs> um, and a lot of sports. This I'm is, not you mad can tell, at this. Mornings and sports. I don't know what the fuck is going on with me. I don't know, but... Some weird transfer. <laughs> Information. Um, I think I was bitten by a radioactive spider or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, Casa Playa, you know, we've talked about Casa Playa in the past. Casa Playa is a gorgeous restaurant in Wynn, Las Vegas. They do fantastic elevated Mexican cuisine. Mm -hmm. Chef Sarah Thompson in there is just unbelievably talented. Oh, yeah. um, you know, she worked with Chef Enrique um, Alavea. Uh, she's, you know, she's done all kinds of crazy stuff in her career. She's great. The restaurant never really seemed to catch on. And now they have... Um, they have the guys from Carver Road Hospitality in yep. there, kind of helping with the messaging and with the programming of the music and just trying to get it more into a vibe that resonates with the crowd that's there at Wynn, you know, and the brunch is one of the new projects that they have. I mentioned in the past, they knocked out the wall that separates the um, the lounge from yep. the dining room. So that opens the whole thing up more. It feels much more like the beach house mm -hmm. that Casa Playa, you would expect it to be. Um, so the brunch deal there is like 85 bucks for all you can eat, mostly a la carte picking from like 11 dishes on the menu. Okay. But there's also a taco station with um, that that's included in that $85 all you can eat deal. And But you walk over, you make your own tacos. They've got crispy skin carnitas with the Ooh. full pig sitting right there. Yeah. They've got beef birria. Everybody's making beef birria these yes. days because birria is a hip word, but nobody wants to so serve good. goat to people, I, I think, know. right? So that kind of pisses me off that nobody does it. Nobody's serving real birria. But, um, <laughs> but look, that's where we are in Las Vegas in 2023. Beef birria is what you get, and this was damn fucking good beef birria to put on the tacos, so I'm not complaining. Um, cauliflower al pastor, also tacos that you could do there. So you could do that. You could mix it up. You could order a bunch of the um, regular entrees that were included. We did um, some Mexican pastries that they come to the table with. It reminded me when I'm down in um, Cabo going to the grocery store, all yes. the pastries that I bring back to the to the Airbnb or something if I'm staying there. Um, we also had... Um, we had some fruit, a fruit dish. We had some seafood cocktail, which is made with shrimp and striped bass. We had tr some shrimp ceviche. Um, that was all good, the raw stuff. I wasn't particularly in a mood for raw seafood, you know, that, that mm -hmm. ceviche that morning. So no, it wasn't particularly resonating with me, but it was very, very good. Yeah. And Sue loved it. Um, fantastic order of steak and eggs, which I would not normally order at a brunch, but we wanted to try it. Okay. Really, really good. I mean, even the eggs were flavorful. I don't know what they put in there. I don't know if it's a little bit of the chimichurri from the steak oh, that got into that sounds good. But done just so fucking well. I loved that. Massa Empan... I'm sorry. 
Yeah, we had um, some masa empanadas. We they do them two ways. We had ours um, stuffed with spicy shrimp. Mm. Fantastic! The blue corn empanadas were great, and then masa pancakes with um, pineapple. So they're oh very God. into using fresh masa over there. Chef Sarah's all about that. Um, so that was great. And again, eighty-five dollars. There's no cocktail package there, which just okay. seems a little strange. I don't know who does a brunch in this day and age without, without a, cocktail a cocktail package. package. Um, so I would recommend you know that maybe they come up with something. It's the win crowd. You could charge a lot of money for it. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it high end, I would think. Uh, there were some add-ons for food, and you could do that, that were not included. So supplemental charges, and you could do a seafood platter um, for two sizes, one fifteen or one hundred and ninety-eight dollars. You could add a forty-eight ounce dry-aged oh tomahawk for two hundred and fifty dollars. Brian, let's go! <laughs> it's fucking <Ready>. win, baby! <laughs> Ready to win. And you can Ready. add some pork belly out a pastor for 105 bucks. Oh my goodness. So, um, if, excellent. I didn't do any of those crazy add-ons. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, we had six or seven of the regular entrees. It and they like were you had fantastic. a lot of food yeah, already. <laughs> more than I needed. So we didn't want to go nuts. Um, nice selection of, of tequilas and mezcals. Good. Um, the extra añejos, which I've been on a kick for mm-hmm. lately. I, we found some really nice ones. I was able to order some, some good ones in the $50 range there. So, um, which, you know, when you're doing extra añejos, at, yeah. at a place like Wynn especially. That's that's a pretty good bargain, oh, yeah. I would feel. Um, and then I spoke with Chef Sarah Thompson, and she told me a bit about how she put together the menu. Putting together the brunch menu here at Castle Playa was a lot of fun. It's a lot more playful than the uh, dinner menu. When you think about Mexican brunch, you know, you want to hit those those great things, the chilaquiles, huevos rancheros, but you also, you know, you want to have some of, you want it to be relaxing. You want to have a good time when you're here, whether you're going to the pool, coming from the beach club, you can definitely find something that you're going to enjoy. Um, there's only two things that overlap from the dinner menu, the gem lettuce salad and seafood cocktail. Um, we build out a taqueria in the dining room with fresh hand-pressed tortillas, crispy skin carnitas. Um, definitely a must-see. I'm super excited about this. And then I went to Flanker for the first Sunday brunch of football season. They're actually actually doing brunches every Saturday and Sunday for games days oh, cool. all season long. And damn, were there a lot of people up and excited about football at 1030 AM when I got there. I'm normally like the one o'clock, two o'clock brunch person. Like <laughs> how late can I show up? But, um, we, yeah, we had tickets to the aces game, which uh, by the way, yeah. is a lot of fun. Um, the aces season finale was at T-Mobile yep. arena and they drew 17,600 wow. people, which they deserve a crowd like Absolutely, that. And it was great do. to see them. I hope that going into the playoffs that they keep drawing crowds like that. So, we did the brunch beforehand at Flanker. Everybody else was there for football. We were thinking um, women's basketball, but that's okay. We had a great time. <laughs> did the lobster roll with caviar. Yeah, and maybe. I think that was $32. I'm looking at my menu picture, and it's a little blurry. I think maybe I was a little blurry. I don't know. Good morning. <laughs> um, I thought I had it focused. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, the lobster roll was great. The lobster itself was cool. I'm not usually a lobster roll fan. I don't know why you put mayo on you know, seafood or anything. Sure. But um, you know, I'd like to try it, and it was really highly recommended recommended the fucking bun was really what did it on these man i mean it was perfectly toasty and buttery and crispy and had a little bit of um everything bagel seasoning on it okay right so just i mean i could have just eaten the fucking roll but then you know luscious (laughs) lobster meat and a nice solid dab of caviar on there uh we also did green chili pork benedict which was really really good um nice smokiness on the meat there uh that was 26 bucks and then we did red velvet waffle dippers which were more of a fun dish than you know anything else i i wasn't loving the waffles i wasn't disliking them it was all about the fact that they came on a stick and you dipped them into <laughs> um, lemon cream cheese with sprinkles there that you, you could go. dip them in. You could dip them in chocolate sauce, dip them in maple syrup if you wanted to go that way. So it's really, Flanker's just such a fun place to watch a game if you're a game-watching person. Um, I love the joint. So there you go. That's where I've been. Gemini, how about you? Well, you know, I mean, I think as you and I have chatted um, a little bit um, already this week, I was up on the South Washington Peninsula this weekend, so I don't have too much locally to share. But I do have to say that... Did you see Rich up there? No. (laughs) I think we sort of crossed each other. I I posted that I was in Portland for something, and uh, he said that he was only like 70 miles north or something (laughs) like that. Rich is missing in action in the great Northwest. (laughs) I don't know where he is, but he'll be back next week, we promise. And he'll be engineering. If you're hearing this, it means we found him, because unless you're going to, are you going to engineer the whole thing, or is Uh, Rich going to We're still working on that. Okay. I'm still learning. So I don't know. Maybe Rich disappeared. (laughs) We don't know. Hopefully, tune in next week. Rich will be back. Last I checked, he was on his way to Seattle for a game of some sort, so more sports ball so we'll see what happens <laughs> cool. see if he made it through yeah, the he weekend. likes to watch amateur sports ball games <laughs>
Um, so um, how was the Pacific but, Northwest? Oh, it was for great. You? I, I mean, it was green, which I needed. I needed a little respite from the desert. Um, and there was something about being surrounded by water and fresh seafood everywhere. I think every meal I ate was fresh fish, clams, oysters. Um, if it was the afternoon, we'd get a bottle of wine to go with it, maybe a, another type of snack if it was recommended. We went to a place called Oysterville. And uh, yeah, they did a great job. So, I mean, I loved it up there. Um, but it's just a different vibe. Just just a nice couple of days away. Um, but I did do a little bit of local. Um, I was really busy this week. And so already, it's only, I know it's only Tuesday when we're recording this. Um, I did get a little breakfast and lunch at Little Avalon Coastal Cafe. That's that little cafe located in Village Square Shopping Center at Fort Apache and Sahara. We've recorded there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's not my first time, but I did try some new dishes. So for breakfast, I had the Amalfi toast with watermelon radishes, avocado, greens, bacon, pickled onion, I think some watercress. It was really peppery. Um, and then I added an egg to make it more breakfasty, or so it felt to me. Um, <laughs> put an egg on <laughs> put it. Put an egg on it, you know? Um, it was super crispy grain bread, and it didn't get soggy with all the stuff on it, which is, I'm such a fan of that. There are so many places in town that do breakfast toast that it just starts falling apart by your third bite. Uh, this one held up, and I it was not overly crunchy. It wasn't burnt or anything like that. So I have a real appreciation for whatever they're doing over there to make that happen. Um, lots of texture, lots of lovely softness with the egg and the avocado, wonderfully seasoned. And I was just a super happy camper, quick and easy, super healthy breakfast. And they call that the Amalfi toast. That's the Amalfi toast. Is like there the an Amalfi, Amalfi? Coast. Yeah, I know. And I'm just wondering what's, <laughs> I was thinking maybe it would be like heavy on lemons or something. Cause the so Amalfi I think there was some lemon zest on there, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say just based on Not the description. Not really based on that, Italy. <laughs> And then for lunch, uh, I ordered at the same time and took that with me. For lunch, I got what amounted to mostly like a vegetarian protein bowl. They call it a satori bowl um, filled with quinoa, sweet potato, black beans, served with avocado, microgreens, goat's cheese, jalapeno crema, and pumpkin seeds. It does come with a fried egg. And I, of course, added bacon. So again. (laughs) So if it doesn't have an egg, you add an egg. (laughs) If it has an egg, you add bacon. Add add the bacon. And then vice versa. So, but again, really well composed, a really nice balanced dish. Um, Everything on there was super wonderful. It was about $15 per meal, give or take my add-ons, tax and tip. And I felt very fed and happy with my choices. So yeah. All right. Coming up in the news, you know, we have the world's largest cocktail shaker coming to Life is Beautiful Festival. Marche Bacus talks about lunch and brunch specials and a chef collab for Mexican Independence Day this weekend as you're listening. But first, we talked to Big B's Texas Barbecue, Natalie Baggi. I'm sorry. Natalia. Natalia Baggio and Brian Beekner. This is Food and Loathing. Here you are in Vegas, you're hungry, and the choices are endless. But do you really want to trust the crowd? You can trust Neon Feast. Restaurant recommendations from real food pros sharing where they send friends and family. All that knowledge is just a download away on the Neon Feast app. You want the strip, off strip, downtown, great views, great value? Find smart, informed restaurant recommendations on the Neon Feast app and neonfeast.com. You want more Al Mancini? You can hear me all week long on all of the Highway Drive and Vegas Vibe radio stations delivering the Neon Feast foodie updates. Also, keep your eyes open for my appearances on Wake Up With The CW and my videos on the at Vegas social media channels. And you can find some of my writings at visitlasvegas.com. One of our guests was born and raised in Estonia. The other is a Texas boy with deep Texas family roots. Again, I say welcome to Natalia Baggio and Brian Beekner, the husband and wife team behind Big B's and Texas Barbecue. Good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your morning with us. I'm so excited to to dig into a little bit more about where we're sitting and and how we got here. Um, So first, Natalia, let me start by asking you, is there a lot of barbecue in Estonia? Um, no, not really. No, not necessarily. So when a lot were of you sausages? <laughs> I think sausages. Yeah, a lot of sausages. A lot of crepes. The whole, uh, the whole um, Eastern European um, or European culture it has a lot of. Um, I, don't, I think the beef there is so different. You know, mm-hmm. um, whenever you eat American beef, it tastes completely different when you eat it in Russia, Estonia, and you are in uh, in Europe. I don't know. Um, is it just because it's all grass fed or? 
Are there a lot of big fields for grazing and, and cattle driving there? Uh, there is a lot. You know, Estonia is a very, very flat country with yeah. pretty much um, endless fields of uh, green grass. Hmm. A lot of cows there. Um, but, you know, barbecue. I got into it, of course, when uh, I married my wonderful husband, who is from <laughs> Texas. Um, like so was that your first introduction to American barbecue? You, you mentioned earlier you'd been together about 20 years. Yeah, um, probably, probably, yeah. What uh, was your first reaction? Uh, of barbecue in general? I mean, it's a very not the traditional American cuisine. So, mm-hmm. you know, barbecue is, you know, is, as American as it gets when it comes to food. So um, I, I like uh, eating meat, Period. So uh, <laughs> definitely a carnivore. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. She may skip the sides, but she's definitely gonna eat the meat. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, I'll probably skip most of the sides. I'll try as much meat as as I, as I can. So um, beef is my favorite, of course, um, and that's what I think Texas barbecue is kind of focused on: mm-hmm. is beef, brisket, um, and that's my favorite part. I would say. Well, so that's what brings me to my next question. What makes Texas barbecue unique? We know that there are so many regions of barbecue and so many arguments for what makes the best barbecue. What what makes Texas barbecue? I mean, Texas I think if barbecue? you go to Texas and you, you'll find in most places that the, even the sides are very simplistic. It's it's beans, but not any pinto beans. It's not anything crazy. It's it's cream corn. It's you only find mac and cheese generally on the on the menus mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of the barbecue places that you go to in Texas, and it's a brisket. You know the way they cook. You know, being in Vegas, we've had to to change some of the those. I would love to cook that way, but again, it's it's amazingly um, time consuming to to smoke all night long and then know that you could run out. Whereas with our wood and let's bring the wood in, I, I have to monitor that as well. So we use gas assist smokers. But the wood does pr- produce the flavor profile that, mm-hmm. that a lot of the Texas people are looking for, which is mesquite. So traditionally mesquite or post oak or what people use in Texas. And um, it's kind of a market share. I mean, it used to be all mesquite. And then people kind of started realizing, hey, wait a minute, there's a whole other market out there that may mm-hmm. like the post oak or the, or the pecan or the... So mesquite's easy for us to come by. So that's the wood that I've chosen for for us and but what i found really interesting i've known you guys for a long time and i've been writing about your barbecue since yeah. opened the very first one over in henderson um but as i understand it nevada has mesquite wood sure. but you don't use nevada mesquite fuck no. that right well you use texas mean, mesquite it, it, it's so two different things one is i'm looking for wood from mesquite in the rio grande valley rio grande valley is is where i would get any of the wood um that i use so it, that's the process, and it's a different mesquite. Like you drive through fields in Texas, and the small mesquite tree is budded there. It'll flatten your tires because there's thorns on it, like this. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> it'll go right through your tire. So the wood that we burn here is a, is a hybrid of mesquite. It, it's a beautiful tree. There's one right out here in our courtyard. But what happens with the climate that we live in? It builds up a lot of oil in the in the tree itself, and it doesn't dry properly. So to take a piece of oily wood and throw it into a smoker. And then this, it creates what, what we call dirty smoke. And okay. so it's going to be more pungent on the meats. It's going to, it could actually make you sick. I mean, you think about you're burning oil. Sure. You know, so you it has actually, a bitter aftertaste. Yeah, you smoke really, with really it, bitter. So. Kind of like a, you know, bark will do that as well. But So uh, how frequently do you have to either drive down yourself or call somebody well, down there I, to I've get I've never called anybody. So I drove twice last month. I did 12 pallets per, per load. And so if you were to walk out back of the store or the other store, you'd see... About six six cords of wood. Because this is your family's land in Texas that you're. Well, I mean, I, when we, originally that was the game plan. Yeah. But let me tell you, if, if fifty years old cutting wood is just not. <laughs> the, it's just not, Fair enough. It's just not in the the, yeah. the, for, the So I uh, yeah I I, have, I found some places where I can buy wood. It's it's cut. It's ready for us. I call them. Tell them I'm coming down for a load. They have it pallet and, and wrapped and load it and I head back. So it's a you know, a couple day process. But again, we've started this. We can't. We can't stop. Yeah. 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 I think and another people thing, know the taste. Yeah, exactly. Another thing that makes Texas barbecue different is a, it's a very, um, uh, I would say, um, not simplistic, but like more clean barbecue. Okay. I mean, it's not covered in sauce. It's not brined. It's just a very simple rub, usually salt, pepper, and whatever uh, other spices the pit master would add to it. And, uh, and the smoke, you know, low and slow. And then you have to taste the meat and taste the smoke. Uh, the sauces are offered, but they're always in the site. So meat I will love that about your barbecue, yeah. by the mm-hmm. way. I do not like things coming out with any sauce on them whatsoever because I want to taste 
the meat the smoke. first. Well, you, yeah. just, you just covered it with the wings. You know, you just you just yeah, all, that's a good point. All the wings are they're done the same thing, and all of a sudden you throw a different sauce on. Now you have a different wing. You have a barbecue. You have a a buffalo. You have a parmesan yeah. garlic. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you have all these different flavors. Which I love wings. Don't get me wrong. I'll, right. I'll tear them up. But that's exactly what a lot of the. Uh, I'll say chain barbecue places do is they're going to put sauce on it. They're, it's going to taste and symbolize like smoke flavor because of the sauce that's on the on the meat. Yeah, mm -hmm. but real Texas barbecue will never be covered in sauce. Um, it's never brined. It's never pre-sauced. It's always just dry rub and smoke. And of course, you can add sauce if you'd like, but you should be able to taste the smoke first and the quality of the meat and um, and the process of the smoking. And you have a nice selection of sauces that are not purely mm -hmm. Texas style sauces. None right? of them really are. Everything on our our table and everything we've done in the kitchen has been stuff that I've trialed at home. Like, literally, I don't know how many barbecue sauces I've made over the years. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you. It's the thousands. And so this is someone that she likes. And so we went with it. It's not, you know, the yellow sauce. You, I don't know any place in Texas except for maybe Salt Lick that will have the yellow sauce. And again, being in Vegas, you're such a mixing pot of individuals from all over the world. If If people are from South Carolina or, or where that sauce is traditionally made, then why should they not have it? I mean, I know we're Texas, but hey, I, I put the mustard sauce on the pulled pork all day long. That's what it's made for. It's right. sure. fire. Yeah. But cool. So what do you feel are some of the misconceptions about barbecue? I know that you've talked about the simplicity of Texas barbecue, but are there some things that people come in, regardless of the type of barbecue that, that you're talking about, that really just don't understand? I, I think I'll use the 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 working out community, the, the folks that are just out there in the gym every day, just busting their butt sure. to stay in shape. So if you think about that, barbecue is probably not on the top 10 most, you would not, you wouldn't <laughs> think it is, the right. you know, but like how we cook it. I mean, you come in and get tri-tip, you can come and get turkey. Those are just lean, fine meats and it's not your normal thing. So we have a lot of keto followers of people that are doing that kind of time. They come in and order just pounds keto, of meat. Yeah. Keto. I have one guy, he's down... 170 pounds. And On your barbecue? Well, no, he, he eats it probably four days a week. And wow. literally when I Pretty tell you much. he eats a lot, he comes in and gets like a half pound of turkey, half pound of tri-tip, half pound of, of brisket, and eats the whole plate, <laughs> not one side, not one bread, wow. not one sauce. No. And the Man. dude is down like crazy that way. That's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, it's it just, you know, if you're just sticking the proteins, considering that we don't put anything extra in right, there, right. It, it's, you know, it, get our green beans. Do not get our mac and cheese because <laughs> there's nothing diet about that. There's nothing diet about the cream corn, potato salad, nothing diet about that. But, you know, we have a big potato. We have things that you can, you can definitely um, order that, that would put you more in that track of, yeah. of being healthy and being in shape so yeah, yeah but, not me yeah. i'm the fatty brisket guy <laughs> i am a fatty brisket kind of person yeah <laughs> but it's still if you don't put any uh, carbs with it it's still kind of healthy absolutely we have, uh, we yeah. have a lot of uh, like brian saying a lot of people that work out a lot and they use our meats um as meal prep so mm -hmm. you get a pound of brisket pound of tri-tip pound of turkey and um you Whatever. go home yeah. and you lay it out for yeah, the week. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I love it. Yeah. You just briefly mentioned that you like fatty brisket. And every time I talk to you, I always ask you about this because we have new mm -hmm. listeners every time. But you're the only place I know in Las Vegas, or at least the only place I can think of off the top of my head, that when you order brisket, you ask if we want the lean end or the fatty end of it. And again, I think that kind of falls into a, a market share. So a lot of places you go, and, and I don't want to use anybody local, but you go to they don't offer that cut. They they, they, they trim the brisket up so much that they're just going to slice, 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 yeah. slice and go. So we've had conversations about it because there are people that come in and, and may go ahead and leave it in bad Yelp review because they ordered moist brisket. Well, of course, everybody wants moist meat. But again, it's, it's up to us and train our staff, make sure they understand moist means more fat. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that that's where we've kind of differentiated ourselves again from other barbecue places. And we've thought about changing and, and playing with our brisket and, and doing things differently. But again, we have such a crowd that only wants that fatty brisket. They don't want to see a lean piece of brisket. And again, being here in Vegas, uh, one thing that you won't find in Texas on any menu is tri-tip because they don't cut the cow. You know, you don't find tri-tip at any. So when I smoked that for the first time, I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> that is such a lean piece of mm -hmm. meat. And it, it, it whole, it's marbled fat. So the sm smoke gets in the meat really, really good. And it, honestly, I like it better than... I'm a California girl, so tri-tip yeah, is up my alley. Yeah, it's <laughs> such a versatile meat. Like some, sometimes I just grill it for the guys just to change yep. it because 
working here for a long time, you obviously get tired of the barbecue. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a great, great cut of meat. So I, I think you may have mentioned it when we were um, on Wake Up with the CW together recently. And forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. I don't do my own barbecue. I right. don't, and I don't butcher meat. So I may be ignorant <laughs> here. But um, wait, you don't? No, hard to believe. Oh. But I'm a, like, I call people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had said that because of the way you offer your brisket, is is that part of the reason you don't offer burn ends or something? Yeah, so each brisket is going to have a flat and then and, and the moist cut and the, and the, the, the lean cut. So if we were going to do burn ends, we would we'd literally be taking that, that moist cut, which is fat, the fat cut, yeah. The fat cut, the moist cut, it's fat cut, and that, then put it back in the smoker and cube it and doing the whole thing with it. So there'll be days that, honestly, we we'll have people asking us for 40 pounds of fatty brisket. I'm like, well, we can't, I can't do, I mean. You can't I, sacrifice. Yeah, I can't, yeah, because then you're going to have all these lean cuts with, which some days just don't go. Right, know? which is interesting though. So the places that do, I mean, clearly there are, there are some people who view that, that fatty end as sort of a waste product that yeah. they need to make oh. something yeah, out of, exactly. right? Yeah, which yeah. was where they turned to the burn ends. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Look at I, that. I, I, lo I love burn ends. I, I mean, I, sure. they're, they're, I love food. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go get another breakfast because you guys talking about breakfast. I, meat, right? <laughs> so you guys, we've talked about it earlier. Um, you come from nightlife background. You come from all kinds of other things. Why barbecue? What made you? Is this in, something that's already in your family? Is it something you just decided to do on you your know, own? You know, my cousins and I, we would have cook-offs every single week. It seemed like we'd be doing something to, to challenge each other. And how I got into barbecue, and I was running nightclubs in San Antonio, and I had taco stands outside of the nightclubs. And so what we did is tacos, is we did uh, brisket, and we did chicken tacos, dark meat chicken, but fresh pico, mm. fresh everything, fresh homemade tortillas, big smoker going right there. And that turned into me doing the New Year's Eve celebration at the nightclub, or, or me doing a wedding at the nightclub, or me doing something else barbecue related. So that's kind of where my background in cooking came from. Okay. And, you know, when I moved to Vegas, obviously there were no taco stands outside of nightclubs you know people just people just keep partying here they, they go right That's through right. the two o'clock uh the time to get something to eat and go home and go to sleep they go right through that so i had to make a choice we have the pepper mill there you go so i you know i, I made that choice and and when in nightlife which is great i enjoyed every minute of it it was uh i think 16 years i spent on the strip uh operating helping build clubs building teams um and then when i finally made that decision and I called her. I said, "I'm gonna quit." She's like, "Go ahead, we're, we're good. Just go ahead." And so I was riding my bike the next day, and that's literally how it happened. I looked up the, the original store, and there's a sign up there, and I was like, "Man, that's a cool location. It's, it's right next to the Canes. A lot of cars going through." And I sat down and watched that. 120 cars in three hours went through the drive-through. Oh my gosh! And so I went home and said, "I found a spot." And this is the first location in yeah. Henderson, which is off of um, St. Rose Parkway, right there, very close to the St. Rose and Eastern intersection yep. that a lot yep. of people know. That area has blown, blown. the fuck up uh. since you opened there. <laughs> you know, I used to live over there. Literally, I used to live walking distance to where your club was. I mean, I would only walk it to the bar on days when I ran out of booze at home, but yeah. I could do it. And um, now. I get lost over there. It's I mean, crazy. I literally get lost in a place that was my own backyard 15 years ago because it's just blown up. And you know what I've noticed and talking to uh, people who have businesses in that area and I use uh, in this complex, we have Munchbox and we have um, Stefano's. So they both also have stores over there. Mm -hmm. And what they notice is that all the new restaurants, you know, because of their genre, what they do did hurt their sales. Did you know, Now you have a market share right. in that same area, even though there's still a lot of people moving in. I think we're kind of lucky we haven't had a, another barbecue place open. We've had mm -hmm. Texas Roadhouse, with a lot of people get confused, like okay, Texas Roadhouse and Big B's Barbecue. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. Right. I, two, I, <laughs> a totally different thing. Um, so we, we've still seen growth, and we've still seen, but it's just amazing how many restaurants are on that road now. There's, there's probably 50. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's easily. unreal. Yeah. Costco and all that area, that's all restaurants all the way down. So. I mean, I, I seriously, like, there's a post office there that used to be, like, the only thing there. Yeah. And I can't even find the behind, It's behind the Chevron. Yeah, right. it's like, you got, I can't find the post office yeah. anymore. And it used to be, like, the only fucking thing over there, yeah. man. Well, let's see where else we can get uh, lost. Yeah. Are you planning on it doing any more expanding? Yeah, we originally did this location and we actually bought a house way up in Centennial Hills and said, okay, we'll do the third location up there. We, you know, the second one was much easier to open than the first one. Um, and then, then COVID hit and then we just like, ah, yeah, let's, let's hold off on that. And I th I think we're getting back to where we'll do the third and final kind of store here locally. And, and then, 
don't know. We'll see. So you have a limit in mind. Well, I said I, I just know Not physically. Really. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind getting into the franchise things. I, I feel like this concept it would be welcomed in Elko, Nevada. Uh, would be welcome in um, Cedar City, Mesquite. I mean, all these places have no barbecue. And like I said, if, if what we're doing is it, the wood is the real reason why, yeah. you know, the cooking methods are the same at both stores. So everything should be technically the same. But if that's what's doing it, then I got to make those drives for wood. I mean, I'm just going to be an 18 wheeler and get, get, get going. It's, it's like, <laughs> get <laughs> new licensing and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a little franchise action. So. So I have to ask you, I've got one real last question for me. Um, Southern food has so many beautiful breads and biscuits and things like that. What is it with the white bread? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. get it. I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, it's, <laughs> I think it might be the fact that you mix South Texas in with, with the Hispanic community, Tex-Mex, where okay. every, everything you do has a tortilla involved in it. Sure. And so I think that maybe because of that culture, being at least 50% Hispanic throughout the entire South Texas, developed into, okay, we don't have tortillas, but here's your white bread. You make your little taco meat. and you go, I mean, right. I don't know if that's Soaks the reason. Soaks up the fat, you, you know. But it, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. But it is, yeah. it is, it is something that, like I said, they don't even, I mean, they don't even ask you. They just give you half a loaf. Right. You know, it's just like, here's your half a loaf of bread. We've gotten to a point here where we ask folks, like, and we offer a roll or a white mm -hmm. bread, because if you're from Texas, you're going to ask for the white bread. If yeah. you're from South Texas, I should say South Texas, because North Texas is a little different. But if you're from South Texas, you're going to ask for the white bread. Okay. You don't want wheat bread. And you actually want Wonder Bread. Yeah, like there's I mean, no way in my uh, life that I, I mean, since uh, eight years old was probably the last time I ate Wonder Bread. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have no fucking use yeah, for Yeah, and I've just never asked life. anybody the question yeah. before. Like, what is it with the white bread whenever yeah. I go for barbecue? If you, if you go to, like, Rudy's, Rudy's is an example of a, um, a, fr a franchise now. But when I was growing up, it was only one. And it was on Bernie Stage Road out in Bernie. So it was a 40-minute drive for us to get to that location from where I live. But once a month... Is that the place in Texas that has the stuffed avocados? I don't know that. Oh, I don't think so, yeah. It might be. Yeah. It's, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, like I said, you go out there and you order... You don't order... Like, people are programmed here to look at the menu and say, hey, I want the brisket tri-tip pulled pork plate, or I want this plate. And you go to places... I won't mention names, but you go to the like... Okay, all the seals. They'll have a <laughs> menu that is just crazy. It's like, insane. Right. So we try to, again, simplify that. Stepping out of what you would find in Texas, because in Texas you don't only order a one or two or three meat plate. You order, oh, I'll take a half pound of that, half pound of that, half pound of that, and then, then it's just shared on the table. Yeah. And so we tried to, again, sim meet the guests here in Vegas halfway and say, okay, we got a one meat plate, two meat plate, three meat plate. What do you want? And, yeah. and ke it kept it very simple, you know, versus having a whole menu page of, Three yeah. meat combos. Right. How many meats do you want? How many sides do you want? Right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's worked out. So awesome. Yeah. What other sides do you guys do here? Uh, we do um, cold cold salad sides. We do a pasta salad, but it's more of a Mediterranean style salad. Mm -hmm. um, we do potato salad, coleslaw. Everything's made in house. We don't have anything that's bought pre made. And then hot sides, we do corn on the cob, uh, cream corn, mac and cheese, beans. Again, stepped out of the traditional pinto bean and, and kind of did a you know, scrap meat, onions and bell peppers and just all kinds of fun stuff. Um, what else am I missing? Like cheese, cream, corn, um, that's about French fries and fried okra. Oh, yeah, fried French fries. Oh, the fried oh, okra is good. Yeah, we, <laughs> and that took me a while to even get here. Like, it, 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 it was crazy to try to, my sausages, I, I have them brought in. Mm -hmm. and it, it took me months to get them to somebody to carry them. Okra, same thing. Mm -hmm. I still can't get pickled okra, which is definitely a South thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, pickled okra, you're talking about salads and mm. a little dip of ranch dressing. That's delicious. <laughs> and then now we do a big colossal baked potato as well. So, I mean, that could can be considered a side, but people come in and just load that up with meat and cheese and yeah. just... Two to three meals. You know, we're sitting here a couple of days after the launch of football season. I'm looking around the room that we're in. You're definitely a um, Texas A&M restaurant. Yeah, so, the, the, well, this, the, it's funny because UT took the first door. So the UT alumni co contacted me first and said, hey, can we watch our games here on Saturday? And I said, sure. So eventually I did some work with the A&M alumni um, back when um, Harvey hit South Texas. They were putting together a fundraiser. So we did. And they're like, hey, well, you're opening another store. Can we have it? And do I love both of them. I'm not picking sides. So anybody <laughs> listening to this podcast, but if I'm going to party with a group, 
It's the A and M group. It's the A&M group. <laughs> okay. The UT group drinking their coffee and eating their uh, donuts and danishes in the morning. A and M group brings in Bloody Marys. They're ready yeah. to go. They're drinking pitchers of Shiner. And yeah. So it's if I'm, it's A and M here on Fort Apache. It's UT, UT over it's, on, yeah. There you okay. go. There you and go. And then we, we dabble in our our of course our local sports whenever we can. You know, uh, football and things of that nature. So. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having us here today. Um, You know, the news is next. This is Food and Loathing. We are all over social media. Just search for Food and Loathing or reach out directly. Info at foodandloathing.vegas. And where am I these days? What am I doing? Most important, what am I eating, cooking, and learning? Find out anytime at wishboneandvine.com. And one more time, that's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And my site, wishboneandvine.com. The Monkey Mixer is the ultimate cocktail experience, a concrete mixer converted into the world's largest cocktail shaker. Okay, no, this what? is see. <laughs> no, okay, no. So wait, what are you talking about? You're talking about those fucking concrete trucks that yeah. I see, the cement mixer trucks. Yeah. That when I was a little kid, that was my favorite yeah. toy, right? Because they were big and they, yeah. they were spun around on the back Now apparently shit. they're being used to mix monkey shoulder whiskey cocktails for Life is Beautiful this year. Okay. And so... Who's th- cleaning out that mixer for That's us? a very good question because it's huge. The drums of the mixer have the capacity to carry the equivalent of 12,000 bottles of monkey shoulder whiskey. The mixer itself is over 27 feet long, 13 feet tall, and 8 feet wide. So you can definitely fit somebody in there to clean it properly, I hope. Uh, and then when they pour it, they have to like just back it up, beep, 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 and you stick your fucking face under it, and they just pour it out like they pour oh, concrete out man. of it. Oh, man, now I have to go and check this out. Because that I'd fucking do in a minute, man. Right? I'd just be drowned in, I don't even know if I like monkey shoulder whiskey, it and I don't know like what else is in up. this cocktail, but fucking if, if I could just be drenched oh, lying that be amazing? under a concrete mixer, it, I, I would buy that. Uh, it says it's equipped to pour custom batched cocktails directly from the truck. So I'm assuming they've got like jockey boxes set up on the side. Um, and for Life is Beautiful, they're offering three particular cocktails. There's Tropic Like It's Hot, Pineapple Monkey, and Ginger Monkey. Since its launch, the Monkey Mixer has driven 225,000 miles. And that's enough to drive around the earth nine times. That's a lot of serving whiskey. That's a lot of driving. <laughs> that's a lot of driving while you're serving whiskey. Were any monkeys injured in the making of those <laughs> Oh, God, cocktails? I hope not. No monkeys. Uh, you can check this out if you're going to Life is Beautiful Festival. And that, of course, is coming up very soon, September 22nd through the 24th. Okay. Our friends at Marche Bacchus have a couple of cool things happening right now. First up, there's a new Lakefront Lunch Special offering you a choice of six entrees with either an appetizer or a dessert of your choice, plus one drink, which would be wine, champagne, Corona, or Heineken, for 35 bucks. a little lakeside lunch thing. And Chef Bradley Ogden told me a bit about that. We have a two-course uh, luncheon for $35. We have choice of appetizers as well as our uh, entrees and a glass of wine or champagne. And then as I was packing up to leave, um, Chef... Ogden mentioned some new brunch menu items. So, of course, I said, turn on the recorder one more time and uh, (laughs) tell me about what's going on with brunch, Chef. Well, we just started a new brunch menu. Uh, Some of my classics, uh, we have a souffle French toast with a berry compote. It was actually on the cover of Gourmet a long, long time ago, Uh, as well as my corned beef hash that I braise the corned beef in the oven for six hours and add potatoes and sort of classic with some poached egg and a little tomato uh, gremolata, uh, as well as a smoked salmon, uh, a smoked salmon entree with, sm- with, uh, with, with soft scrambled eggs and a caviar creme fraiche, uh, warm cinnamon rolls right out of the oven, uh, steak and eggs with our uh, prime flat iron. Um, what else? Oh. Oh, and then uh, we have a little Fernando's uh, Lentino egg dish uh, we just put on there. We couldn't keep enough on last Sunday. Saturday, September 16th is Mexican Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Actually, I got asked to write about this for um, for Las Vegas. Okay, this is is Al Woke Enough, I guess. This is the section, okay. right? Like, okay, so young. I don't know if anybody young listens to this. I don't know if I handled this appropriately, right? I got asked. Um, I get asked by LVCVA to write a lot of different yeah, articles. that's awesome. I love writing for them. Um, and they sent me a list of possible topics a couple of months ago. And one of them was places to celebrate Mexican Independence Day. It's a 
which I said, I don't know that I, as a white ass honky, should be telling people <laughs> how to celebrate Mexican Independence Day. Like, uh, yeah, I sort of felt like you know they have a lot of really really talented writers over there than people that contribute. So I, I stepped away from that one and I said to him, "Why don't you give it to one of your Mexican American yeah. writers?" So I did back off from that one. But as I was going through um, what's going on this weekend, it is Mexican Independence Day weekend, and we have um, a cool pop up over at Proper Eats in Aria. Proper Eats, of course, being the food hall in Aria, the very high-end gourmet food hall. They've invited Chef DJ Flores of Milpa mm. on Durango Drive. And if you don't know Milpa, I mean, you go there for the tortillas alone. Oh, because yeah. it's all about the masa at Milpa. And I think Chef will tell us a bit about that here, um, but with the corn that he imports. But Milpa's fantastic. It's near my house. I don't get there nearly enough, but I do love it. Um, and they've invited him this weekend, Mexican Independence Day weekend, He'll be taking over the spot that normally has Shalom Y'all in there, and he is going to be cooking. So I spoke to him a bit about what that's all about. Having a, a pop-up takeover at Proper Eats, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Like It's just like going back to my roots, going back to the fast pace, you know, uh, the, the, the people that are coming out of states try, trying to experience our, what we're, we're trying to do for, for Midwest. Could you tell people who aren't familiar with Milpa, people who are driving in right now from out of state listening to this on the radio, um, what should they expect from Milpa and why should they take a trip up to Proper Eats on their Mexican Independence Day weekend to try your food? Oh, of course. You know, Mexican, uh, sorry, Milpa is, uh, is a Mexican cafe. Uh, I started uh, 2021. Uh, it's been growing ever since, you know, popular in the Vegas locals. Uh, we have a, a selection of tacos, breakfast items. Chilaquiles has been a favorite uh, at, at Milpa, um, cocktails, uh, coffee drinks. So um, if you don't ha get a chance to go eat there, come to Proper Eats, uh, get some, get, the, get a taste of the tacos, and then if you have time, come come visit us. What makes Milpa special for all the Mexican restaurants that are in this town? Because I have a few things that I would say, but I'd like to hear what you think makes Milpa special, makes it different, makes it that you're bringing something to the strip that's different from all the taco stands they may come across on the strip. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's a lot of taco shops, a lot of Mexican restaurants. Uh, but what we do at, at Milpa, we, we uh, source all of our corn from Mexico, and we uh, actually cook the corn uh, and, and grind the corn in-house. You know, the, part, of the, part of the process is the nixtamalization. Um, so we, we take the whole process down. We, we make the tortillas. We make the masa. People can buy masa. People can buy uh, dozens uh, of tortillas. Because we actually make it fresh, you know, um, from 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 the corn to the masa. So we're I think we're the only Mexican restaurant off the strip uh, that does it. Um, uh, I think there's a, a couple of people that are doing it, Mariana, um, and I think there's some uh, Viva and uh, Casa Playa. Um, but as far as you know, local small shops, I think we're the only ones. So, yeah, the tortillas, I mean, as, as great as the tacos are, the tortillas really make them special, right? Yes, yes. It's the foundation of, of all tacos. Um, I, I got to learn it when I was in Mexico City. Uh, I saw the abundance of corn and the, the utilization of, co of corn, fresh corn masa. So I was like, why, why isn't Vegas uh, doing this? So we wanted to start it, and, and it's been growing ever since. Are there any dreams or goals to bring Milpa onto the strip one of these days? Yeah. Is this wait? Wait, you said yeah. that so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's there's uh, there's always potential of, of us us growing and, and growing within the community in Vegas. I think uh, uh, once we hit that demand, people are going to want us to be on the strip. Get your green beer ready. We're already halfway to fucking St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh my God. Can That's you a celebration. Half a year has passed. Has it been that long already? Oh my God. So head over to Rera. They're celebrating um, through the end of this weekend, the Sunday. Um, and here would be Scott Sherman telling you a little bit about that. Halfway to Patty's Day is uh, September 17th, which is this Sunday. So we're going to have our Bannon from Ireland, which is the Black Donleys. And then in addition, we like to do a charity event, which uh, actually goes to Help Us Southern Nevada, which is a great local charity. Um, and 20% of everything off those special sheet, which is food and pints of Guinness goes to the charity. Our hopes this year is to donate anywhere between 7,500 to about 10,000. What are the like specific offerings that you, that customers are going to experience if they come in now through Sunday, that'll be a little different than what they see the rest of the time. 
So the special menu is designed specifically something that we don't normally carry. Uh, we're going to be having a bar Guinness barbecue flatbread. We make the Guinness barbecue self sauce here. Uh, it's going to be grilled chicken, cilantro uh, on a flatbread. Great for appetizer, great for a solo person. We have whiskey garlic butter mussels. It's a pound of mussels in whiskey butter sauce with white wine with pita bread. We're going to, and normally mussels are very Irish, but this one whiskey we thought went well. Mm -hmm. And then we have an Irish burger, and the Irish burger is going to be an eight-ounce burger. It's going to be flown in from Ireland. It's from Irish Nature Beef Company. The beef is uh, grass-fed, all-natural, uh, and it's a great flavored meat. We're going to top that with some microgreens, rainbow, so it gives a little bit of a, like a radish spicy flavor, uh, and grilled to your liking. And then lastly, we're going to have rasher leek chicken. And rasher leek chicken is basically a piece of rasher, which is Irish bacon. Uh, and that bacon is going to be wrapped with Swiss and leeks. And then it's wrapped with a six-ounce chicken breast. Uh, it has panko breadcrumbing and then finished off the oven. Then it's with, with uh, potatoes and spinach. And I also know the Greek Food Festival is coming up, but I don't know a hell of a lot about it. So go online and Google that. Absolutely. It's always a good event. Fucks up traffic for me completely <laughs> on the Hacienda Road, but which the food is very is close good. to my house. <laughs> the food is good. I don't go all that often because it's it's very crowded. But um, it's it's a great. I mean, it's like seriously, you you wait for line to get in, mm -hmm. and I've then had to wait like half hour for each yeah. type of food that I wanted to order. But I think maybe I'm gonna try to get back this year if I can. It's a cool community event. It's been happening since I moved to Las Vegas, and um, and it looks like we're gonna have great weather for it so standing in line might not be so bad if the, some of those dishes are really good yeah no definitely worth <laughs> worth checking out and um take an uber because trust me yes. the traffic is a fucking disaster yes. and that is about it for this week thank you to all of our guests natalia and brian of big b's texas barbecue sarah thompson bradley ogden dj flores dustin lewandowski i believe that is it um, we're going to have, well, you guys are going to be back next week. Gemini yeah. will be back next week. I don't know that I'm going to be here, but I think I'll be represented in some way. And will uh, we have yeah, the return of the prodigal rich next That's week? That's my understanding, yeah. Okay, so tune in next we week. We will be see, putting see, a show on no matter what. Show. Hell or high water. Uh, for Samantha Gemini Stevens and the missing in action, but we know he's <laughs> out there somewhere, Rich Johnson. I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.